This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. It's been a minute since I've been here at the Raiders HQ at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, but I am here today in the studio, and man, it feels fantastic. feels great to be back in the building, uh, walking around and driving around the, the city today. It's great weather outside right now, and... I continue to talk about the weather being great because in a couple weeks, we're not going to be talking about the weather being great. We're going to talk about how blazing hot it is and how ridiculous it is. But right now, it is fantastic. It's a great day to not have a jacket on, not have a hoodie on, just kind of roll around with your your polo on, your short sleeve polo at that. And so, uh, yeah, just having a really good day this afternoon. Been all around town, and that's why I'm here at the facility today. Just uh, had a lot of different meetings and different things that I had to go and take care of earlier in the day. And so, boom. Wound up here at Raiders HQ, and like I said, it's always great to be back here in the fantastic studios. My man DeMond Cotton is back in the home studios holding it down, making everything go. Appreciate him as always. And DeMond, I want to bring you in right off the top of the show. Uh, We're going to talk about throughout the course of the show. There's Actually, it's so funny. There's so many different things that either I experienced today or I talked about today or I heard talked about today that got the juices flowing and got me wanting to hurry up and get on the radio so I can talk before I lose all the the great thoughts that I have and the great ideas. And that's how it happens sometimes. Sometimes I'll come up with a, a, a really great idea and it'll be in the middle of the night. And I'm like, man, if I fall asleep, I'm going to forget about it by the time I wake up. So I'll go write something down or I'll put it in my notes in my phone and I know that's probably not the right way to live, but that's just what I do. And so all today, I experienced so many different experiences and had so many different conversations. It got me thinking like, oh, man, that'd be a great idea for the show. And so, Damon, as you're back in the home studio, you've probably seen on the rundown that I sent you, I have like three three, uh, different show questions, and I'm not going to present them all today, but I have three written down right now. And there's like two or three more that are going through my head as we speak that I could bring to the table. So I always say that we need more than two hours for the show. Today's one of those days where I could actually do a three, four, five-hour show and have plenty to talk about because I'm telling you, when the wheels start turning, the wheels start turning. So how's everything going for you in the home studios today? Oh, it's a great day. You know, got a good gym pump in, but I love all the questions that you have <laughs> proposed. I don't know which one you want to start with, but I've got, I've got some takes. So I'm right there with you. Good, good. Well, we're not going to use them all. You know, we're not going to use them all today. I just know know we don't have enough show to get to, but we're definitely going to bring some to the table. And I want to ask you off top because we had a pretty good spirited conversation yesterday uh, as the show started on Monday to talk about the national championship game in North Carolina and Kansas. And, you know, you had mentioned that you think that North Carolina fans were happy just being there and knocking off Duke. And I call that absolute BS. Like, hey, it's great to knock off your rival. But at the end of the day, you want to win the whole damn thing. And they were about, I don't know, seconds away from doing just that. And they didn't do it. And had an epic collapse after up being up 16 at one point. So after watching how that game shook out on Monday evening, now how do you feel about North Carolina fans just wanting to get to the game? 
CQ, it's not about just wanting to get to the game. That's where you're wrong. It's the fact that winning the the semifinal game against Duke, where that's the game that fans are going to remember more. It's not that the national championship didn't matter, but <laughs> even when you look at when you look back, even five years from now, you'll remember. Duke beat North Carolina beating Duke in the semifinal. Nobody's going to care about Kansas. And yes, this is me masking oh, the hurt a little bit. Yeah, nobody's going to care about Kansas. Kansas. Everybody's going to care about Kansas. They were seconds away from a national championship. Everyone's going to care about that. No, they're not. Nobody's going to remember Kansas. This Kansas team had a cupcake walk to the national championship game. Bill Self, I'll give him a pat on the back. He finally won the big one. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Good for them. And you know what's funny? They didn't have a cupcake walk, but we didn't talk about them. So it felt like a cupcake walk because all we cared about was Duke, 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 Coach K, Duke, North Carolina. We had so much attention on that side of the bracket, we failed to talk about Villanova and Kansas. But there was no cupcake walk when you got to go through the field of 67 or you got to go through all those games. Like, there's no way that anything is really a cupcake walk. But – This actually leads me to my first question that's not even on our rundown, but it just leads me to it because it's one that I meant to put on there, and I just never got around to it. So Raider Nation, I'll throw it out there before I even get into the opening drive. I'll throw it out there. If you knock off your rival, your bitter rival, like North Carolina knocked off Duke, is it okay that you lose the championship game the following week? Because you knocked off your bitter rival. Is that all that matters? Or is this winning the stinking championship? Is that what really matters? Is there any such thing as a, a, a championship when it comes to you just knocked off your division rival? So let's put it like this. Or your, your bitter rival. So just say that the Raiders were on their way to the Super Bowl. And to get there, they had to knock off a, a big-time opponent. A big-time rival. A hated rival. They had to get there to, to, to do that. And they did it. But then they lost the Super Bowl. Would it be okay because they knocked off their rival? Would that be okay? Because basically, Demond, that's what you're saying. No, that's not what I'm saying, Q. But I, in, I feel like in I mean, in theory, sports, it is. You're saying that North Carolina fans are going to feel good that they knocked off Duke, and that matters more. The championship game was just an afterthought. What I will say is, in prof- I feel like it is different in professional and college sports. Because I'm saying, Q, those memories are going to last longer. When yesterday I did get hit with a boo-hoo from someone who went to Kansas, <laughs> and it hurt. Because, like, those old emotions of being so invested in North Carolina basketball, they did come up seeing them in the national championship game. So when I did get hit with a boo-hoo, I didn't have a comeback. I mean, think about this. Think about this. The Raiders knock off the Chiefs in the AFC uh, championship game for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it, it somehow it happens, right? And that's their bitter rival. They hate, hated the Chiefs. And then they go and lose the Super Bowl two weeks later. You're going to tell me that as long as they knocked off the Chiefs, that's going to be okay? I don't think so. And I know it's, it's basketball and football are two different things. But there's no way. There's no way someone's going to even care about knocking off the Chiefs or anyone else in the AFC. They're going to care about losing in the Super Bowl. That's what matters is winning championships, not getting there. It's all about winning. In professional sports, yes, but I'm saying I think it's a little bit different in college. I can give you a little bit of a pass as far as that goes because I know college and pro is totally different. I get that. Okay, but, but y'all, dogs, professional, I'm with you right there. North Carolina <laughs> hangs banners. North Carolina doesn't hang, we just knocked, knocked off Duke. They don't hang, those banners don't exist. They hang banners. They put championships in the trophy case. That's what it's all about. Okay, it's all Q, about winning. But let me, let me put you in the time machine. 
<laughs> 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when it's like, hey, you remember when North Carolina won two games, when they beat Coach K in mm-hmm. his last game in Cameron Indoor, and when they beat him again in the Final Four, he'd be like, yeah, but they lost in the national championship. Yep, that that's hurt. exactly what they're going to say. That's but exactly what's going to be said. Who beat them? Uh, 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 oh, no, Kansas, everyone's going to know. No, they lost gonna, to Kansas. People are going to be like, who, who cares about Kansas? No, they, they won won't. two national championships. But they will say Kansas beat them, dog. That Okay, here we go. Sal from Arizona hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Raiders beat Chargers for playoffs and lost to Bengals. That loss sucked a lot. We want the ship, period. Agreed. Agreed. Perfect example, Sal. Perfect example. Raiders beat the Chargers, made it to the playoffs, lost to the Bengals in the first round, and there was nobody saying, yeah, but we beat the Chargers. There was nobody saying that because that's not what matters. What matters is they got to the dance, and then when they got to the dance, they ended up losing. All, once you get to the dance, it's not just about getting there. It's about taking that next step and winning the whole stake of thing. And North Carolina was knocking like that, knocking on the door couple minutes away and couldn't seal the deal. So that's just one of the, the many topics, but I kind of figured you were going to have that kind of take, so I definitely wanted to bring that to the table. Here's Aaron on Twitter. If the Raiders beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship but lose the Super Bowl, I'd be devastated. Plus, you know the Chiefs fan would grave, would grave dance more than anyone. Exactly. Exactly. See, that's my point. Sandy, San Diego Raider, hit me up on Twitter. I want the ring. I don't want moral victories versus rivals. Exactly. Now, again, to your point, Damon, pros in, in college are different, but the theory is the same. Got to have the championships. I mean, right. I'll give you guys that on the pro <laughs> said, I'll give you guys I'll, that. <laughs> I'll concede my argument. I can back down sometimes. I don't have to be right. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I do? <laughs> that I, I have to get that last word in? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, hey. I see where I'm wrong. The people are against me. I'm not winning this fight. All good. Coming up, I'm going to get to the callers because I know we got a bunch of callers. we got a lot of textures coming through as well. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up on the show today in a matter of minutes, matter of fact, at 2.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She hasn't joined us for a few weeks. She's busy, I don't know, doing something, getting prepared for a wedding. And then she's been working really hard as well. So we'll catch up with Cassie at 2.30. And then the general is going to join us at 3 o'clock. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Today is... McLean Day, John McLean Day in Houston, Texas. That is amazing. Uh, we always talk NFL with John, but I'm not going to lie to you, Raider Nation. I'm going to talk a lot of John with John because he deserves that. He gets those accolades. It's great to allow folks to smell the roses while they can smell the roses. Too many times in life we want to talk about someone when they're not around to appreciate the conversation and understand that people appreciate them. So we're going to talk some NFL with John, but I'm going to focus on John with John. At 3 o'clock. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. Get some of these calls knocked out. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Got a text at 69187, keyword r The people that will care about North Carolina beating Duke is the people involved in the rivalry. So just the direct fans. So that kind of leans to what you're talking about a little bit, Damon. I'll I'll give them that one. Uh, I still think that North Carolina fans are going to be bitter and angry because they are right there on the doorstep of winning a championship in Hubert Davis' first year. That would have been major, and it just didn't happen. Uh, Another one from Raider Mike, anything short of a championship win is a fail in my opinion. I don't care who I beat. That's from Raider Mike. He's, He's right there where I'm at. 
Uh, Raider Lionel said, I work with North Carolina fans, and they wanted to win last night. But it didn't hurt as much as after they knocked off Duke. So that's kind of kind of leaning your direction as well there. Uh, I don't care. I don't care who you knock off on the way to get there. Once you're there, man, you got to win the or you want to win the whole thing. So it's going to hurt regardless. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy right here in the 702, Juan the Smasher. What's on your mind, Juan? Welcome to the show. Oh, man, you cut out already? Oh, that was a quick call. All right, well. Call us back, one. <laughs> Hit us back. Your phone cut out immediately. All I heard was whoop, and that was it. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to our guy, Jeremy. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, how we doing, guys? Chilling, so, man, chilling. I've got a – great. I've got a little bit different perspective. I'm here in the great state of North Carolina, and I can tell you that Carolina Tar Hole basketball fans are the absolute worst fans in the entire world and the most obnoxious, and they cared more about beating Duke than winning the championship because all you heard and all you saw was well at least we at least is the phone cut out too what's going on I ain't gonna, that was on me right there that Why was did you a, do that? that was an accident Jeremy you're more likely to call in maybe it was a subliminal I couldn't I couldn't stand the hate nah, <laughs> he, was, he, he was he was backing you up how'd oh, you cut him off we got a lot of calls coming in, Q. I got a little frazzle right there. Oh, man, that's cold game. One Jeremy. Master call hey, back and I tried to get him back up. You know what I'll say to that, though, is that's a lot of fans that just are deflecting now. Well, you know, hey, we beat Duke. They in their heart, man. I refuse to believe that in their heart they were okay with losing that national championship game because they beat Duke. That's what people say when, uh, when, when, they don't, when things don't go their way. Well, you know, at least, you know, it's like when people say, well, at least we got there. No, man, that's a loser mentality. It's not just because, well, it's great that you got there. No, you go and win. It's all about wins. There is no, nothing, nothing is good and celebratory about a loss. There's no way any loss is something that's worth celebrating. It's just not. I don't care what you're playing. You're playing checkers or you're playing football. There's nothing to celebrate when it comes to a loss. Oh, that was a good game. Okay, fine, it was a good game, but I lost. So it wasn't that good for me. I'll take you back to 2016, Q. North Carolina loses on a buzzer beater to Villanova, and it was devastating. Yes. I, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name, but he didn't even have a career after college. And it was so bad that North Carolina lost. Paige even hit the three before, and I was like, that's the seal. That sealed the game right there, at least overtime. Then Villanova comes down, and they make another three. You want to know what happens the next year? What? They pull themselves up by the bootstraps, and they go and win the national championship the next year. So, hey. Maybe they'll have that 2016-2017 magic. Lose in heartbreaking fashion, but next year come back even stronger. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, there, there's no guarantee that you get back to, to where you were. There's no, there's no guarantee. And Hubert Davis is going to get that team back to uh, the national championship game again. Those are very hard to get to. You know, teams – and look, they are a blue blood. North Carolina's a blue blood. Uh, Duke is a blue blood. Also, uh, you know, Villanova's a blue blood. Kansas is a blue blood. They, they, I mean, they've been there, done that. They're, they're number one and number two seeds most of the time for a reason because they're that stinking good. But, uh, yeah, there's no guaranteeing that you're going to get back to that stage. So you got to go win it. There is no just, oh, well, hey, you know, at least we were there and, well, we beat our, our rival. I don't, I don't buy that, man. That doesn't, that doesn't exist in my world. But, hey, I'm not, I didn't call in from North Carolina, so I'm not there, boots on the ground. Let's go back out to uh, the phone lines and talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Key? What's going on? Man, chilling, chilling. How you doing? Man, I know that's right. I just got off of work. Man, I'm tired, bro. I'll be working these double shifts because I'll be working like a Mexican. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, but, but, but to answer your question, I'm going to agree with both of you guys, bro. 
honestly, you play to win, you win the game, you know what I'm saying? You play to win. But also, I felt DeMond's response, yeah, I agree with him too because, you know, nobody can tell him nothing, especially them two guys. They cannot tell him nothing. I feel the same way when we beat the Chargers because I got some fools out here. I worked at some Chargers fans, and I give them the business every day. But, yeah, you play to win, dog. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Hey, I, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Look, nobody could tell North Carolina anything except for Kansas. Kansas can. So that's why I'm not buying that. Kansas fans could tell them something. Just like, you know, hey, uh, Raider fans, we all could sit there and talk mess to Charger fans. But all we got, is, all, all we got in, in return is, yeah, but Cincinnati knocked you off the very next week. And then they knocked off Tennessee. And then they handled their business and got all the way to the Super Bowl. And then they took a nail. You know what I mean? It's like... That's what it's all about, man. It's all about getting dubs. You know, and then I heard another hot take. That was what I like to call it. I heard a hot take uh, on the radio, and I actually heard it from someone that I really respect on the radio, and they said that if Hubert Davis had won that that uh, championship, he would have done himself a disservice because it's too hard to get back, and he, he might not, you know, the expectations would be too high. So, <laughs> all right, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> exactly. So it's better It's better that they, he lost this one, so when he wins it next time, it'll be that much sweeter, which I think is absolute BS. If that's not a loser mentality, I don't know what that what is. And I respect the person that I heard that from. I respect them so much, I'm not even going to put their name on the air because I don't want someone else to be like, oh man, oh, that person has terrible takes. Don't want them to lose a listener. No, no. That's how bad that take is. It's like, come on, are you serious? It's like saying if Josh McDaniels wins the Super Bowl the first year with the Raiders, then the expectations are going to be too high. Okay. But a Super Bowl sure is nice. And if, hey, it comes up short the next year, okay. That that happened, but that Super Bowl a year ago sure was nice. I mean, oh, well, hey, you know, let's not win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, have a team go win the Super Bowl a couple years from now, so so it, it's a buildup. No, nah, come on, man. You win that thing as soon as you can. What are you talking about? That's crazy. That's just, just a couple takes that I've heard uh, earlier today throughout the course of the day as I'm making my way around the city. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy Big Jose in San Jose. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Q? How's it going, bro? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. Living my best life. Right on. That's all we can do, right? Hey, yes, first sir. of all, as far as Charger fans go, when I was at the game and that, they're talking all that mess in our house, I'm like, man, you guys don't even have your own house. You guys are like that goofy cousin that rents a mo- that mobile home and that trailer in the back of Grandma's house. You guys don't even got your own pad, you know? That's all I got to say about that. But the second thing is that both things could be true, right? <laughs> You can beat your rival and take joy and pleasure from that and then go on to the next and then lose. There is no moral victories, but if you, you're lumping the both things into one event, and if we're talking about events, you can't take satisfaction in beating your rival and then moving on because I coach travel softball, A-ball, at a high level. Shout out Bay Area Batbusters. Yeah. And those girls get competitive, man. And we love sending people home on Sundays, especially our rivals, which is Sunday the championship day, and you can make it out of this ship, and you know, and you lose that game, and you feel bad, but you think you reflect on the day, you go, well, at least we sent so and so home. You know what I mean? So both things can be true. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm riding with you because you're coach. I'm riding with you because you're coach, and you gotta you gotta have some firepower for the the young ladies that you're uh, you're coaching up. So I, I, I'll give you that, but I don't know how much I'm buying it. But okay, that'll that that'll work. But I, I love the feedback. I love the energy. I love all the excitement. Aaron tweeted at us, look, last year's Raiders team didn't hurt too bad because of everything that the team went through. 
But if we beat a rival to get to the playoffs and lose in the first round this year, I would see it as a failure. So basically Aaron's point is the way that last year shook out, I mean, anything that happened was a plus and a victory, which, look, I get it. There were special circumstances there. Uh, you know. But ultimately, I guarantee you this, every player in that locker room wanted to move on after Cincinnati. They didn't want to go home. They didn't want that season to come to an end. Every single player was not satisfied with, well, made it to the playoffs. I guarantee you every single player in that locker room thought we could have beat those dudes, should have beat those dudes, should have gone on to play Tennessee the next week. That I guarantee you, without talking to any of them, because I was not there, I was at the M Resort, <laughs> as many of us were, I guarantee that that's how the players were feeling. Hey, could have beat those dudes, should have beat those dudes, could have gone on to Tennessee to play the next week. There was nobody saying, well, you know, but last week, sure did get that win against the Chargers at our, at our house, got to the playoffs. Now, again, that was a hell of a season. When you sit back and look at it back in April, or even you know, right after the season was over, you could look back and say, hey, that was a, a great season. Man, what a, what a fun ride that the team uh, took everybody on, the media and, and fans included. You know, I just happened to be uh, both, you know? So they were able to take uh, me on an ultimate ride. You know, it was just it was incredible. But at the end of the day, you look at the team that they lost to, and I'll tell you right now, I've said it many times. Not only should they have beat them the first time they played them when they played them at Allegiant Stadium, I think they should have beat them in the playoffs. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. And if anyone says, well, you know, they still made the playoffs, eh, okay, that's good, that's cute. You want to make the playoffs. You can't can't win a championship without making the playoffs. But is that like the ultimate goal? That's why that's why teams that make the playoffs continue to try to develop and get better and improve their roster. Because okay, that got us there last year. How do we take that next step? No, those there's again no moral victories, no moral victories at all. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Demond, who do we have up next? Evan and Marietta. Evan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Great to. Great to be on. Love your show. Um, just a couple things. Uh, Kurt Warner said uh, um, he wished he would have enjoyed the Super Bowl run when they, he was with Arizona and they lost to Pittsburgh more. Even Larry Fitzgerald echo, echoed his comments. You know, now they look at it as a great accomplishment and a great run. This year, I'm, you know, I'm a UCLA alum, and uh, I was really proud of them last year uh, making it to the Final Four. Yeah, they didn't win it, but it was a great accomplishment. So, I think you can, you know, kind of look at it from different lenses depending on your your uh, situation and if you're the favorite, or if you're an underdog. But uh, overall, I think North Carolina should be very happy at, uh, that they made it to the final. It's been a great year, and beating Duke uh, and Shashevsky's last game is just icing on top of the cake. So, yeah, I I, I kind of agree with Demon. I think that uh, um, you you really need to enjoy your accomplishment and be proud of your accomplishment. And even Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald, two pros, said, hey, we should have enjoyed it more because it was a great accomplishment. So love your show. Thanks for having me on and keep doing what you're doing. Nice. Good call. Good call. I like it. I like it. Bringing in some heavy hitters right there. Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, the, the, uh, the, the Hall of Famer. And, of course, Larry Fitzgerald will be a Hall of Famer sooner rather than later. So uh, good stuff, man. I, I appreciate the call. That's really good. Uh, Mailman Raider Max hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RNRQ. If you get to the championship in your first year, win or lose, expectations will be high regardless. LOL. Exactly. Exactly right. I mean, the, the, the expectations are always going to be high when you make it to the mountaintop. And, by the way, when you put on that uniform and you put on that, that hoodie that says North Carolina and you're the coach, the expectations are already sky high. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a brand. That's a big-time brand, similar to the Raiders. And I know that the Raiders haven't had uh, success 
like that in a, in a long time. I know they haven't been to the mountaintop in a very long time. But Raider Nation, I mean, what are your expectations, right? Your expectations are high. Your expectations are to make the playoffs. You know, and I know that there's been years where you're like, oh, that's not going to get met. That's not going to happen. And then there's other years where you're like, yeah, just like last year. I went into last year saying that the expectations should be playoffs. And I'll go into this year and say the expectations should be playoffs. And we ain't even hit the draft yet. We ain't even seen, you know, OTAs. Uh, I'll see the workouts don't even start till next Monday. I'm saying right now, and I've said it earlier than this, that the expectations should no doubt about it be playoffs. And further, I believe that they, they should Expect to go to the playoffs and make a run, a deep run. Why not? You go out and go and make some power moves like go get Devontae Adams. You make a power move and go get Chandler Jones. You go and, and start to bring in some other defensive players. You start to revamp the offense a little bit. You got a play caller that is top five in the league, no doubt about it. And I'll probably, I'm probably slighting him a little bit by saying top five. You do all that with the weapons that this team has, why shouldn't your expectations be sky high? Mine are. I'll tell you that right now. I have no problem going out and saying that. And anyone who's ever listened to me knows that I'm always very hesitant to put high expectations on anything. There was a few years ago, and we even talked about it on the show not too long ago. There was a few years ago where I was like, hey, I ain't talking about the P word because that's not realistic. That should be realistic for this team this upcoming year. It should be. There's no doubt. That's a 10-win team that went to the playoffs. I don't care if they had to walk it off six times. They still found ways to win the game. You know, and I compared them to this on my podcast today to, to North Carolina because they were a lower seed. They had their back up against the wall. They had ups and downs throughout the course of the season, but they found ways to get to the dance. And once they got to the dance, they did some things. So regardless what the seed is, they can make it. They can make a run. I believe this team can make a run, and the construction of this team is nowhere close to where it needs to be yet. But you can see you can see the foundation. You can see the building. It's like when you're driving by, driving by, you're like, man, that place sure is looking good over there. That play sure does look good. They got a tough division to play with. So what? What team's better than them in the division that, that, that's realistic? They're all pretty close to the even right now as far as I'm concerned. We got time for one more call. We got to take a quick break. All right, let's get passionate Raider in real quick. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Oh, Q and DeMar, what's happening, brothers? Chilling, man, chilling. Man, Q, as I'm waiting for you to, to let me get on, man, I just I got a five-pounder in my hand. Just smoke the swim jig, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Man. Woo! Man, I can't believe this happened right now. I'm just waiting for you guys to let me on. Just boom! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! We don't do this year. It's going down. That's all I got to say. It's going down. I've been being quiet for a week now, man. I've been trying to be quiet. I've been able to get on. But you know what, Q? Today, I busted my butt at work. And I've been out here at work laying back since I got off, listening to Raider Radio, getting hyped up, knowing that this year there ain't no expectations. Everyone's going down, Q. Rivals, all of them. I'm not even worried about the draft. With this roster right now, it's set to win now. Let's get it. No excuses. Let's go. I'm oh, going to let this fish go back in the water. Listen, as I listen to this chunk hit the water. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Hey, good call, my man. I like the fire. I like the energy. 227 is the time. We're live at Raiders HQ right now, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. When we come back, we'll be talking to Cassie Soto for the Las Vegas Review Journal, talk all things about what she's been going on, what she has going on. Plus, we'll talk all things silver and black. That's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a ton of feedback there in the first segment. Our Raider Nation a little fired up. I know I got a little amped up as well. Talking about expectations and talking about getting to the championship game but losing. It's all about winning. It's all we want is winners. Speaking of winners... We have the ultimate winner right now on the phone lines. That's Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a fantastic job there, at underscore Cassie Soto on Twitter. And Cassie, it's been a minute since we talked to you. You've been super busy. I know you've been all around the world. You've been to the Combine. You've just been preparing for something called a wedding and all this other stuff. Uh, what's been going on? How's Cassie Soto doing? Well, first of all, I feel like I need to come in here like yelling. I was telling Demont, passionate Raider got me pumped before the break. <laughs> I just need, I feel like I need to hit you with a woo or something. Like the energy today, I love it. Right. Um, but I I've been doing well, too. I've been doing real well. Um, and and I know we're going to talk Raiders and stuff, but I have to hit on this topic about beating your rival. So I was yes. listening. I, I agree with them on here. Oh, jeez. That's right. A, right? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because, and I do agree that it is different for college and pros. Speaking as a UNLV alum, the okay. only thing that matters every year, and the only thing that has mattered since 1990, really, is do we beat UNR? Right. Football, basketball, do we beat them? Do we sweep them? Which the Rebels did in basketball for the first time this year. Since like 2012, 2013. So I've had friends like they talk all this mess to me, this, this, and that. But when we beat Reno, like nobody can bring me down. Like that's <laughs> our, that's the, unfortunately, that's our Super Bowl, right? Like when we can beat the in state rival, and that's what we talk about. And, and I got asked a question one time is what matters more as a UNLV alum, beating Reno or keeping the streak alive? And I had like an internal, like I couldn't even I didn't I couldn't know which one to pick because they're like one A one B, but I think beating Reno is like top tier. I would have to say, Damon, can you can you back me up? Yes, I'm going to go with Reno because the streak has lived on for so long. I don't think anybody's going to get to the streak, but you got to take any chance you can get to beat well, UNR. You guys are going to have to, for those that are streaming out of market and don't know UNLV and don't know all that good stuff, you have to explain the streak. Okay, so the streak is the, it's like 1,000, what is it, Damon? 1,100 plus consecutive games, UNLV has made a three-pointer. And it is the longest streak in NCAA history of a consecutive three-point made. And UNLV owns that still to this day. Yeah, I think that probably beating the rival would make more sense there. But now let me ask you this. What if you knocked off the rival and it took you, it projected you to the championship game, which you turned around and lost in heartbreak fashion at the end? Yeah, that's where it really just, my argument goes downhill, unfortunately. (laughs) Okay, but like, let's say this though. Let's say if UNLV, they were playing Reno in the semifinal of the Mountain West tournament game and they need to win the Mountain West tournament to make it to the NCAA tournament. I think I'd be cool if they beat Reno and lose on a buzzer beater three and they don't make the NCAA tournament. 
I'd still look at the season I, like, hey, they, they, they almost did it. I'd take the consolation prize. I mean, if we're talking UNLV getting out of the first round, then, yeah, it's a win from there, Devon. When's the last time UNLV's made it to the second day of the Mountain West tournament? Exactly. So I'll take beating Reno. I will take beating Reno in the semis. You guys need to uh, raise your expectations. I'm going to need UNLV <laughs> to do a lot better so you guys can feel better about yourselves and raise your expectations. Man, I, I thought Laker fans were doing bad. You guys are really doing bad. You weren't there for the dark days. You weren't there for the Menzi era. No, 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 oh, you're it's right. Bad. It's bad. It's real bad. What, <laughs> I think, DeMond, the last three coaches were like one in whatever against uh, a Reno. They got like one win in like the last five years, and then Kevin Kruger came in and swept them. So I think we're on the right track here, Q. I think Damon and I will we'll get our confidence up here in the, with this next regime. All right. Well, hey, if you guys ever need a confidence boost or a little bit of ego boost, I can pump some life into you, man. I got plenty of confidence to go around, <laughs> so I'm going to try to help you out. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I know you went to the Combine, and that was an experience you tweeted out, and you're saying that this was like the first time you ever experienced it, so I'm going to take you all the way back to that. What was that like? What, is, what has been this offseason journey like for you as far as covering this Raider team? What off season, right? <laughs> right. Like, <Facts>. what off? <laughs> like, I feel we were just at Allegiant Stadium, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Like, this has flown by. I feel like there really haven't been any days off for us who are covering this team. It's just been go, go, go with the hiring of the new head coach and GM. And then, boom, we've got Devontae Adams. And now everybody is like, I don't know about you, but I'm on like pins and needles every day checking my Derek Carr contract. Did anything come through yet? Right. Like, I feel. Every day it's been something. But, yeah, the combine was, I don't even know, like, it was just football overload, like sensory overload. You're walking around um, Indy and, boom, there's a coach. Boom, there's a GM. And it's just like the the town shuts down for Mm -hmm. this event. And it was just, it was such an experience. And to be able to be out there and, I mean, it was awesome. I lost my voice. I think it took me like two weeks to recover my voice. So, uh, so good thing you didn't have me on the radio right after that cue. But no, it was great. It was, it was really a lot of fun. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you got to experience that. I haven't been to the combine yet, but just being in this business, the more that you get to experience, it's like, wow, you know, this is really going on. So let me ask you about the new regime. Of course, Josh McDaniels is the head coach, Dave Ziegler, the GM. You got an opportunity to hear from both of them there at the combine. They also talked at the owners meetings. What have you thought? Just kind of how has your feelings, I don't want to say change, I don't want to, you know, influence you, but just what has your feelings been from the minute they were hired to where they are right now? What do you think about these guys? Well, first of all, they have been, <clears throat> excuse me, very accessible to us, which I mm-hmm. think we were all as media members selfishly like, oh, man, these Patriot guys, like, they're not <laughs> going to say anything to us. Like, we're not going to get any sound, nothing. But they have been so good speaking with the media. It was funny. So the first time that myself and our RJ crew, obviously, everybody met them was at their introductory press conference. Well, then we ran into them in Indy. Like I said, we were just eating dinner, and both of them, um, Ziggler and McDaniels, walked by, And we kind of waved, and they're like, oh, hey, guys. Like, they remembered us. Right. Like, so that was pretty cool, right, that they're already, like, remembering local media. But, no, they've just been, again, really accessible. And I feel like their confidence levels with this team coming in, like, they they know that they're not rebuilding this team. So I think that that's really helpful, that they're coming in to a team that did make it to the playoffs last year. And they just have to build off of those pieces. And, of course, they're not saying too much, um, but uh, Heidi Fang, she, she has let us in here that said um, that when she was at the NFL owners meetings recently, she got like a little like 
feeling from both of them that they're not done yet. They didn't, right. obviously, they're not going to come out and say that. But th- she got the feeling that they're, they, they gave hints, they dropped hints, and just their body language was like, yeah, Raider Nation, Raider Nation can expect some big moves still, still to right. come. And that- so, so, yeah, we're excited for that. That's what it feels like. It feels like, like you mentioned, every day you kind of check the email, check Twitter to see if any big news drops. It feels like at any moment now, any big news could drop. But just with the roster that they put together so far, I mean, they they look like they're heading in the right direction. Obviously, with a, a crazy uh, division, the AFC West is going to be bananas this year. But uh, they, they, like I said earlier, they look like a team that can compete with any team in the division. I don't think there's anyone that's head or toes like above them. As far as the direction and, and, and the plan in place, that's what I've been saying is I feel like you can almost envision and see their plan. Do you, are you starting to see the groundwork? Or are you starting to see the plan that they're putting in place and putting in motion? Well, yeah, for sure, too. I mean, even just going back to the other week, here we are at Raiders headquarters for Chandler Jones's introductory press conference, right? Like, that was the big story of the day. The Raiders get this veteran that's coming in ready to work. He's excited to get to work with Max Crosby, right? That's the hype of the day. Boom, a few hours later, Devontae Adams is coming mm-hmm. to this team. Right. Like you're saying, like, it's just like, boom, like whiplash with just big news coming from this regime. And I feel like they're just setting themselves up for success, and they're doing it in a smart way, right? Mm. Again, they're not giving away too many pieces and they're considering, you know, all these little steps to get to where they need to go. And, and I know a, a big reaction coming out of the Devontae Adams trades, right, was not having a first-round pick when they're hosting <laughs> right. the draft this year, right? So that's, it's a little weird. But, I mean, again, you don't know with this, with this head coach and with this GM, they definitely could have something up their sleeves. And I think, and I think that they do, and I think that they're going to work to – Obviously, right, the fans play a huge part. They're going to do what's best for the team. But I feel like you have to give the fans a little something on that first day, you know, some some action there. Yeah, I've always said that. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I've always said that, hey, you can't host the, the, the draft and not have a first-round pick. But I'll say this. If you have Devontae Adams, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, right? I, I, mean, I would think so. I would, <laughs> I would think so, yeah. Right. I mean, you feel like, okay, there's some firepower there. So when you look at this offense, you look at Darren Waller, you look at Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and we talked about this in great length yesterday on the show How do you think that they go and attack that red zone? Because we all know that that's been the Achilles heel for the Raiders and their offense the past few seasons. Right. And I mean, I think the, the, one of the bigger arguments has always been like, okay, Derek Carr can get the job done, but like, who are his weapons? Who does he have to look to? Now you have like the names you just listed, Devonta Adams, a healthy Darren Waller coming back. Like, these options are going to be unlimited, right? I think Devontae Adams even said it in his press conference, like, yeah, if you're going to double-team me, like, okay, we've still got Waller. We've still got Renfro. Like, somebody's going to be open for Carr, and they're going to be racking up points. So I think – and it's cool, too. I, I, don't, I know, Q, I don't think you're on Instagram. No. Um, but, yeah, Carr, Carr and, and Adams are already – I think they're on, like, golf courses and stuff around town. So, obviously, they're building that relationship again back together. We know that it, that it wasn't ever really lost. But now coming in and trying to get some work in together uh, ahead of that um, Monday's right first day, I mean, this offense, I hope, right, for Raiders fans and, and again, better coverage for us and more right. fun stuff for us to talk about if this offense is just lightning next season. Yeah, it, it feels like it could be. You know, obviously there's a long way between now and then, but, I mean, if it really could be a great, fun offense to watch. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon in the home studio has got one for you. 
All right, Cassie, this this question here, it can be a current player or one of the new additions that the Raiders have. Like, as of right now, who are you most excited to see play this upcoming season? I mean, I think, I don't know why, but it, I, my answer has been for the last few years, Max Crosby. I don't mm. know. I feel like his trajectory, mm-hmm. like, what is his feeling? Right. You know, like, I don't think we're going to see it for a while. And I feel like every season... He just gets better and better. And I remember talking to you last year, Q, uh, at the start of training camp, right? We're out there every day and we're walking. And there's just something about that dude. Like, my uncles and my cousins are asking me, like, oh, Cass, like, whose jersey should I buy? I'm like, a safe bet is Crosby. Like, that jersey and that last name is going to be sitting on the Raiders logo for a a while to come. You know, and with the big signing, obviously, and his contract signing that just happened, I feel like a guy... He, he's becoming the face of the franchise. And I think that that's not crazy to say. No, you're right. We actually had that conversation here on the show uh, not too long ago, and I was saying that, and they made a point to go and extend him immediately and make sure that he was that face of the franchise. And, I mean, everything he does off the field and then on top of that, on everything he does on the field has just been amazing. It's been a, a lot of fun to watch. And remember, that guy was a fourth-round pick, so it's not like he's, you know, some first-rounder that's been uh, living the high life. I mean, this dude's had to work and claw and scratch for everything he's gotten. And now, like you said, he's, uh, he's that face of the franchise. So as far as other impact players, uh, who do you think who do you think benefits the most from this new regime and, and what they have so far? Even Josh McDaniels calling play calls, but who do you think really benefits the most from what the Raiders have going on right now? I mean, I feel like it has to be Hunter Renfro at the top of that, right? They they both name dropped him, Ziggler and McDaniels both name dropped Hunter Renfro at the start of the press conference. Their introductory press conference said. They were so excited to work with him, and, and I feel like Josh McDaniels can just be this whisperer, right, for wide receivers. So I think Hunter Renfro, and again, the, the love is going to be spread high and low across this team. But I think Hunter Renfro has a lot to gain um, from, from Josh McDaniels for sure being his head coach. Nice. I like it. Demond, go ahead. All right, Cassie, last one from me. Why do you hate bacon? Oh, it's like rubbery plastic meat. Give me a Slim Jim instead. Are you serious? Good enough? Are you? I'm no, it's not. Serious. No, you're not. Hold on, hold on, Demond. That's not good enough. You <laughs> ser- are you really disrespecting bacon like that? I have tried for the longest to give bacon a chance, and I can't do it. I don't know why. It's just, girl, like the face I'm making right now. <laughs> I don't know why it's so nasty, and people love it. They love the smell. They love the crackle. Like when my mom used to make breakfast in the morning and make bacon. I, like, as soon as I opened my door and I smelt it, I, like, I closed the door and I was like, I don't want to go down there. It just, there's something about it that just grosses me out. Oh, man. I have never been so disappointed in you ever in my life. I've never. <laughs> you, are, you are one of my favorites of all time, Cassie, and I'm so disappointed right now. <sighs> I'm sorry. What in sorry, the world? I'm sorry. <laughs> what in the world is, man, I got to talk to Lowe. Something's got to give here, man. This ain't right. This is not right. Cassie Soto does not appreciate some good bacon. Mm. No. Mm. Or maybe that's the thing. Maybe I haven't had good bacon. Well, that's like, another problem. Tell me, <laughs> it's all tell good me bacon. Tell me a good place. Tell me a place. Like, I tried so uh, the free food, right, that they, they always give us at uh, Allegiant Stadium, so I know I always get crapped on because I'm like, they say, you know, just eat the food. It's fine, Cass, like right. whatever. But I judge it a little bit. That doesn't mean we still can't judge it, you know? True, true. And so that's the true. bacon there that they serve, I don't think that that's top tier. I'm just going to go out on a limb. But that's the bacon that I had a reference for a whole season and not good. Uh, well, can't do all it. Right. 
Well, I guess you can't be perfect. <laughs> I know. I you can't know. be perfect. Hey, you're still you're still all right with us. We still appreciate you in a major way. Matter of fact, before I let you go, I know you were out there at the uh, the site of the draft. You were checking out what yeah. it's going to look like as everyone's putting it together, and it comes up on the 28th. That's the first round. What is it looking like so far? How excited are you? Or how excited are you for the draft coming to Vegas? It is so surreal to be standing there at the base of the link. Like, it's literally, like, you feel like you can reach your arms out and, like, touch the stage, touch the link. The party that is going to be coming to this city in this next couple of weeks is going to be electric. Like, I am pumping myself, like, I need the IVs now. I need all the energy drinks. I got to, like, rest my voice after this. I'm going to lose my voice. I already know it. Um, it is going to be so electric, and I can't wait for this city to, to just have the spotlight it deserves and has deserved for the past couple of years now. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait as well. It's going to be, man, fantastic. Of course, we'll have all the coverage right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Cassie, I know you've got all the coverage as well. What do you got coming out on the Review Journal that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, so we're going to have a really great draft preview show coming out the Monday of the draft. We're already Mm. starting to work on that. We're going to highlight a couple places around the Strip where fans can check out. Um, So that'll be coming out at VegasNation.com. And again, you can still, I think Adam Hill put out a Raiders mock draft. So we've got everything covered if you want to head on over to Vegas, VegasNation.com. And I have a quick question, real quick, Q, yeah. for, for Raiders fans. So I've got some uncles and some cousins coming into town, and they want to know where the Raiders parties are at. So if y'all could hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and let me know where Raider Nation is going to be so I can point the uncles in the right direction, that would be great. No, we'll definitely do that because Jason Fitz is coming into town the Tuesday of the draft as well. We, me and him have already been going back and forth on where we're all going to meet up and uh, have a big Raider party and hang out and have a good time. So we'll definitely let the, uh, let the family know because, well, we got to. And on top of that, we'll make sure to give you uh, our best bacon takes. We're going to make sure that we all flood your, uh, your wedding with a bunch of bacon. That's going to be uh, our, our gifts to you. We're going to make sure that you get all the bacon in the world so you're satisfied. Wait, Flinny's 80 just tagged me with a picture of bacon and he says i cook the best crispy bacon flinnies flinnies diner dixon illinois i have to fly out and bring max crosby there you, hey so. there, there it is hey at least they're just sending you pictures of, of bacon it could be worse. <laughs> oh, no. i'm just saying no. i'm just saying i know how twitter could be and i know how instagram could be that's why i'm only on one of them but it's all good cassie we appreciate you thank you so much for your time thanks fellas appreciate you all right, there she goes. Cassie Soto from the Review Journal. Unbelievable. She's not a bacon fan, but that's okay. We're, uh, we're not going to hold that against her. Well, we won't hold it against her too much. 2.48 is the time. When we come back, i got to tell you about where I was earlier today, one of the places I was earlier today. It was a big journalist broadcasting-type school. Matter of fact, Damon, you know about the school very well because you attended there, you and Cassie Soto, UNLV. We'll tell you all about that as we close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Cassie Soto from the Review Journal for joining us in the last segment. Got a few minutes here before we kick off hour number two of the show. We'll get to my guy John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Today is John McClain Day in Houston, Texas, as he retired from the Houston Chronicle after 47 years announced last week on Thursday. So cannot wait to talk to the general coming up at the top of the hour. But I did want to tell you about where I was earlier today, one of the places I was today. And that was over on the campus of UNLV. And, of course, Damon, you know that very well. I was over in the journalism and media area, and they actually had a journalism and media studies internship slash job fair that was going on. 
which sounds great, right? And so I knew that there was something that had to do with journalism and broadcasting going on. I knew this, right? I mean, this is something that the email had been sent out a while ago. Hey, Q, can you come over and, and join us there? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll, you know, it's for the kids. I'll do it. No problem. You know, I'll hang out. That's, that's cool that anyone even wants to, you know, talk to me about anything. So I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, that was a couple of weeks ago as well. So I get there this morning about nine-ish because I don't like to get anywhere late. The thing started at 10. I got there probably about 8.55, 9 o'clock, right? And because, one, I didn't have any idea where I was going, but I had to make sure that I gave myself plenty of time just in case. So I got there about 9, walked into the building, got my parking pass. I was good to go. So I was in the car working on the show at like 9.15 just because I knew that, hey, this thing doesn't start till 10. And plus, I was the first one there. So around 10, about 9.55, I decided I was going to walk in. And to my surprise, and I say that in the most due respect, there's a bunch of people at a bunch of different tables, and they all have a bunch of stuff on it, like different pamphlets and stuff to hand out and signs that say what business they're from. And then there was me, and I was there with my backpack. (laughs) And there was a little sign on our table that said, Lotus Broadcasting, and that was it. So I sat there, and I decided, well, this does not look like a good situation for me. This looks like, and I was the only one there from the radio station. Our great uh, uh, partner in crime, uh, Natalie, our GM, she's like, oh, I'll join you in a little while, which is cool. She did. She showed up and helped out in a major way, and Natalie does, like, everything. She's fantastic. She does everything at the radio station. But I was the, the, the only Mohican there at, at one point, right? I was, I was solo bolo at first. I, I'm looking at this picture right now. I'm going to send it to you through in the break, but you look so lonely. You look so, like, just confused, and the table in front of you is decked out. Decked out! Uh, Multiple representatives from whatever this group is. One, seven. Right. So that was the point. So I'm looking there. So I pull up my computer. I pull it out of my bag. I start working on something. So at least that looks like I'm busy, because I, at this point, really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I had never been there before, and to our we hadn't been there in about three years, because there's, you know, one, one thing happened here, one thing, COVID happened, so nobody was there. So I tried to look as busy as possible, and thank God that there was a table next to me that had three ladies there, and somehow our tables, as you can see in that picture, are really close. And so they said, oh, I need an extra chair. So I said, well, here, I can scoot over. It's just me right now. So I scoot over and let one of the ladies have the other chair, and all of a sudden they were like my friends. They became my friends. So then I didn't look quite as lonely and so then we just became good buddies. They actually had a little bit of candy, so they started sharing the candy with me, and we started sharing stories. So I made friends really quickly, and I honestly had no idea what I was doing. And I said, so I texted the wife, and I said, well, I'm here. I'm not too sure what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And she said, well, there's one thing I know that you know how to do, and that's talk. So just go ahead and talk and talk, and if someone comes up to you, just talk and, think, and say what you think you're supposed to say, and you'll be okay. So that's what I did. I hustled it for about an hour until Natalie got there, and then I bounced out of there about 12-something. She stayed till 1 o'clock. But I'll say this. The broadcasting world is in a great place because there are so many young up-and-comers that I met today. And, Damon, you're one of them as well. I met you way before today. But still, there's so many young up-and-comers in this business that gave us our, you know, their resume and told us what they want to do and are interested in sports and music. And I, it, it made me proud to see all the people that were coming through there and happy to be part of the broadcasting world and wanting to be a part of the broadcasting world. But I'll tell you, man, it threw me off at first because I had no idea what I was doing there. So I pulled out the old trusty laptop and 
somewhat hid behind it for a second, and then I made it do what it do. But, yeah, yeah. so shout-out to everyone who came through and did give us our resume. And I do thank UNLV for having us out there. Sorry I didn't look like I knew what I was doing, but, hey, we made it work. 2.59 is the time when we come back. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, he'll join us to talk all things NFL. But more importantly, we'll talk about John McClain Day in Houston, Texas. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Get your-